Hey everyone, this is Dave Cruz from Flyber Labs, a podcast on business and innovation in the Midwest and beyond. Here you'll meet fascinating people and learn about new technologies and practices that will change how you look at life and business. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Flyover Labs, and today we're lucky enough to have Abhik Banerjee with us. And Abhik is a staff data scientist at Kohl's Department Stores, where he works on machine learning and data data mining projects. And while he does this, he provides a direction around these areas to senior executives at Kohl's. So I wanted to bring Abhik on the show because it sounds like he's bringing another level of intelligence to Kohl's and retail. So Abhik, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks, Dave. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. Definitely. And so, can you, uh, before we jump in on what you're working on now, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, sure. So, my background has mostly been a mix of uh, data science and software engineering. So, I think I'm fortunate enough to have uh, worked on both the areas. So, I finished my bachelor's and my master's in computer science. My master's uh, thesis focused mostly on uh, unsupervised learning, uh, predominantly by clustering and applying those uh, onto gene uh, data sets, biomedical data sets, and sort of a link prediction-based algorithms on friend-based networks. And I have been working uh, in the research areas of machine learning and big data for close to around five years now, post my master's. So I used to work for the AOL mail team uh, prior to calls, where we used to do a lot of text mining and uh, basically a lot of unsupervised and supervised mining algorithms for identifying uh, males, categorizing them, and uh, like a bunch of things. And have been at Kohl's for the last two years now, where we apply a lot of the research concepts and try to build great products for our customers to make their experiences better. And what originally interested you to uh, machine learning? So I actually, uh, I have been like uh, coding since I think from uh, age grade. So I wrote my first oh, wow. uh, C++ <laughs> code, yeah, at the eight, as well as the eighth grade. So. But I actually came, uh, I would say, close to my machine learning is probably my first course in my grad school. So there was a course called Intelligent Systems where I actually uh, wrote my first neural network from scratch uh, using the backpropagation algorithm and other algorithms. And I think there have been some courses which actually really intrigued me uh, in my uh, graduate school, uh, which was mostly spanning across machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, pattern recognition. So we like did a lot of courses and tried to see how these uh, technical aspects or the research aspects of the problem laid on to uh, practical aspects across the industry. So it was like, I think around 2009, where I really got too much into data and uh, seeing how things can be transformed using uh, data science and machine learning. So You're, you're a little ahead, uh, 2009. I mean, now machine learning is quite hot, but uh, it wasn't as hot. Uh, yes. So. <laughs> So I think it's like people have been working on it since uh, like for the last 30, 40 years. Yeah, true. Like neural networks has been in the 60s, but I think it started catching up uh, much recently due to a lot of the hardware advancements and other things. Can you think of a project that you worked on um, kind of initially around machine learning where like, huh, this is really interesting. Like this is something that we I couldn't do necessarily with, uh, you know, just writing software. Can you think of any project like that that kind of, where you went, wow. <laughs> uh, sure. So basically, uh, there were, I think, a few bunch of those. So basically, uh, again, I'm like going back to my grad school. Yeah. I was really interested. So uh, at that time, I think uh, 
it was really interesting to understand uh, some kind of uh, link predictions. I was at that time too much uh, into the, uh, uh, like how neural networks transform. So there were some uh, projects which we are working on, which was around by, so that was a really cool and fun idea, which I think there were some startups I recently saw who were trying to use that uh, as their concepts when uh, you get uh, basically recipes across the internet but then what you do is you actually uh, fine-tune and fine-grain from that ingredients and try to train your neural network to create new recipes from it. So basically that uh-huh. recipe might not be existing, <laughs> but then actually you take take like real ingredients from those in order to create a new something which might be going in proper proportions and how much should they be mixed in order to create a new recipe altogether. So that was really like a fun kind of an experiment which uh, laid really the foundations of how these things can be applied to not only fun, but also for revenue generation models. It's interesting. Did you come up with any fun recipes? I think, uh, yeah. So there were like, uh, I think, uh, brownie cum las- uh, las- uh, lasagna, which was like a mix of lasagna items <laughs> and brownie <laughs> items. So it was like funny, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. And I'm cu- and we can talk, I'm curious how you did that, but uh, we can talk about that in a little bit. Sure. Uh, how you implemented that. Uh, so yeah, sure. So let's talk about Kohl's a little bit. Uh, sure. you know, can you can you tell us your role at Kohl's and kind of the, your focus areas? Sure, I can do that. So uh, basically, I was I joined Kohl's at 2014. So I was one of the first data scientists in the team, and I think I'm very happy that like in the last two years, our team has grown close to around uh, 20, 25 members wow. right now. Wow. So uh, at Kohl's, uh, like recommendations had been our uh, major focus. But I think I'd like to give some background around how things are actually currently at Kohl's and how uh, the whole organization is moving towards a direction where every area of the retail business or every vertical in the in the company actually wants to use data more and more in order to make more informed decisions. So the various verticals not only want to use data to make predictive, but also something called prescriptive intel, uh, like uh, analysis. So which does not predict the outcome, but also helps us in understanding the reason behind the particular prediction and also how we can prevent that. So let me go a bit deeper into some of these areas. So like two of the main assets of Kohl's are our customers and our stores. So our main goal as a whole team is to basically understand our customers better, personalize their whole experience, uh, their whole journey, starting from when they land at the Kohl's pages uh, by giving them personalized deals, personalized products, personalized recommendations, providing them offers. And it also like inclu- includes the whole machine learning algorithms where you can understand and can predict when the customer is going to abandon the cars. They can uh, react to particular marketing campaigns. How can we actually get the whole personalized uh, affinities for every customer so to understand them better and serve them better? So that's definitely one of the areas, I think, which uh, as an overall, at a higher level, the company is moving towards. And apart from that, it's uh, also to make the stores profitable. So Kohl's has close around 1,100 plus stores across the uh, United States. And uh, recently, there was an uh, article being published by our uh, CTO, Mr. Rasnakar Lavu, on the Times um, uh, Times magazine, which was talking about something called Smart Store. So what Smart Store actually envisions is... Uh, you have a store so uh, powerful and so well-connected to the network that basically understands all the customers around you who come to the store, live around the store, and then you can personalize the whole experience at the store for those customers. So 
you have the right inventory in the right location you have the right uh, merchandising allocations you have various behaviors of the customers across the store in the store as well as you have a lot of other external factors that is affecting like the weather data the macroeconomic data the social trends around the webs uh, around the location so these all various things actually helps us i feel in uh, making our stores more, much more smarter more connected and overall give a much better personalized experience to the customer so uh, the goal of our like coles is basically to become the best technology company in the domain of departmental store retail and i think we have a few initiatives also going on in the deep learning area where we want to power the experience uh, by using image based recommendations and a lot of text mining and uh, applying deep learning algorithms and understanding our sales our customers better so there are a lot of interesting things going on i would say hmm. yeah you're keeping busy uh yeah there's uh, <laughs> there's just a lot of so you your team helps tackle all all those is like almost 3 or 4 yes, years yes that is well. right that okay. is right yes yes so how I mean, from a higher level, how in the world do you figure out kind of your priorities? Because um, each one of those projects could take probably a team of 20. Um, Absolutely. So how do you uh, figure out what to focus on? And do you work with outside parties on some of those projects? Uh, sure, yeah. So basically, we, apart from our core, like uh, members who are uh, full-time, we also work with some partners uh, in the company. So basically, we uh, have been collaborating with uh, some of the recent startups in the valley and that's one of the major reasons of uh, coles actually having an office at the mill peters of the bay area is basically to partner with uh, these uh, startups which actually uh, can help us in uh, getting in, uh, much quickly the roi which we are looking for in a specific area so maybe let me talk about uh, some of the things that uh, we look at uh, so something like so let's say Uh, we we generally try to attack a project uh, mostly in an incremental fashion so what we want to do is basically we want to start and uh, start with a minimal viable product kind of a thing mvp and then basically we keep enhancing those features so uh, as a result of which what it also helps us is basically it doesn't let us lose the immediate roi because if we start uh, perfecting our models from the very first get go it we might uh, end up losing the immediate roi which for the which problem we are like trying to solve so we try to do it in a incremental enhancement kind of a fashion so that actually helps us to get our data scientists and data engineers much more focused in pushing out the feature in a really uh, quick turnaround times so with the store personalization um project you know how how would you start kind of get that minimal viable product and then expand it beyond that sure so uh, basically for the store one uh, again uh, there has been uh, data usage earlier but i don't think with the vast amount of data that is increasing uh, there is any better way apart from using like machine learning and uh, data science uh, algorithms to make our systems uh, better and then again uh, the whole idea of machine learning is to assist human beings in making their decisions much more fra- uh, smarter so one of the key like two few of the key areas in making our store smarter which we are looking for is uh, to allocate the right merchandise in the right store so mm-hmm. it used to be as because what happens mostly in retail is if the allocation and the merchandising is not right basically you might end up with a lot of inventory on the floor and then anything which is on the floor and not selling is basically lost to the company so to optimize that particular uh, factor keeping lot of other constraints in mind like the particular geographical location the weather around the next like weather in the next 14 days 15 days the upcoming events in the area 
and basically how people's behavior have been changing over a past of the time, which particular time frame of the year it is. So keeping all these factors in mind actually, and also our customers' behavior. So like, close customers come uh, behave uh, much more differently than I would say definitely some other retail customers. So understanding the customers and putting that back into the equation in order to optimize the whole inventory on the floor is something which is really challenging, and I feel uh, which we are trying to solve right now. So that is one of the core. Uh, pro, like part of the features of the product we want to enhance and then and apart from that then basically we want to focus on marketing campaigns and other uh, merchandising allocations the promotions and offers being uh, applied to those particular inventory which is there on the floor so those things will actually follow through as more and more features roll out interesting and so how would you you know if you went to another company or if you're talking to the students you know how how would you tell them to even start with that merchandising? Because I mean, there's so much data that you can look at. Right. I mean, how do you know where to even start with something like that? So uh, definitely, like, so most of the retail companies have been. Uh, so there are two. Uh, I think there are two uh, two streams to it. So one is definitely the internal data, which we call it, which basically is mostly about all the information about our stores, about our customers, how our customers engage with calls, properties. That is really valuable, but again, one of the other driving factors I think has been lacking in most of the analysis uh, throughout retail is basically the external factors. So the external factors also actually play a pretty huge role in terms of governing the actions by customers and sales by customers in these actions. So I think people have started using them recently, but again, I don't think we have uh, been tapping into those resources uh, that much. So definitely, I feel uh, if I... Uh, basically, I start from a problem from scratch. Definitely, the best part is to start with the data. So, like we all have heard, data is the new oil. So, definitely, data is something which I think uh, we need to understand and own in order to before even jump into the machine learning piece of it. So, having the right uh, data in order to generate the minimum viable product is definitely of uh, the much essential needs. And and how do you know that you have the right data? So you know, like, like you mentioned, weather data, which makes a lot of sense, or like events coming right. up. Um, do you would you test out like a pilot on a store to see if the merchandising is improved based on like predicting weather events? Yes. Or, so basically, so so maybe I can give some background on. So again, this, it ties back to most of the machine learning problems. So it it really depends on what problem we are trying to solve. So let's say we are trying to solve a machine learning based uh, problem where we want to see the model that we are building in order to allocate the merchandise to particular uh, stores, how well they behave. So generally, and this is the process that we follow throughout, I think, the whole, all of our data science projects. So maybe I'll just go over a bit more detailed into it and talk through it. So it starts with basically an ideation phase or a hypothesis phase where we generally collaborate with the product management team and the business teams in order to uh, come up with the particular uh, requirements and the the solution that we are looking for, and then also get there. So, like a lot of the times, it has been mostly the art which the business and the product management team have been working through. So, to get those inputs are actually really valuable in order to decide on the features that need to be going into the model. So, once we so basically again as a machine learning model, we generally uh, split our data sets uh, into training and test. So, we build our models using training data sets, and then test is something which we reserve for doing our offline uh, evaluation metrics. So there are uh, like pretty common offline evaluation metrics for most of the supervised learning, machine learning problems, uh, including precision recall, left measure, and then 
cumulative distributed gain and other things. So we generally use all these metrics on the offline test data set in order to see how, if we would have done this on the past, let's say, three months of data, how well our model would have predicted it in the last two months. So that gives us some benchmarking against the offline evaluation uh, metrics, uh, like doing it offline before we decide to push yeah. in and try it actually on the retail customers. Uh, apart from that, we also have something in-house tools where we also want to see if we give this as an experience to the customers, how well the look and feel would be. So there are some UI components to it, which we actually tie back, call the innovation app, which is like internal to the teams. So they basically look at it, they give their reviews, opinions, and then we uh, go over some iterations to fix, like uh, modify or change some of those algorithms. And once I think, and again, one more thing is like we generally try to work on two or three different versions of the algorithms. So basically, there might be some uh, tweaks or hyperparameter tweaks or some different algorithm opinions which the teams have. So basically, we generally try to work on two or three different versions. So it might happen that uh, both the second or third, like both the two or three versions have pretty close, uh, closely related results on the offline uh, evaluation metrics. So then basically, those are two primary candidates to go into the A-B testing. So then we have our own A-B testing frameworks, uh, which we mostly use for all our uh, like algorithms being put to use. So like a lot of our marketing campaigns, a lot of our like promotions, offers, personalized recommendations across the website. Once they are put to the A-B test, then basically we run the A-B test for a few weeks and then we collect the metrics around Omniture. So our primary source is Omniture. So we get our metrics from Omniture and then there are a lot of uh, like from the retails uh, online side, there are a lot of metrics which are really track the revenue per visit, order conversion rates, add to card rates, click through rates. And same pretty much goes for the merchandising also. How much is actually uh, people are interacting with it? Are the are they selling? How fast the SKUs are selling? So those kind of metrics actually helps us to benchmark and see if they really are, which one is our, is our best, like from the A-B testing standpoint. Interesting. Okay. And one one more question on that. I, I, so uh, I'm just using the weather example because it's easy to sure. everyone understand. Is that how, you know, what type of tools, how do you bring in the, weather data and then uh how do you um kind of actually test it you know you mentioned you have like a, a testing period which makes sense or you back test it um how do you yeah what tools do you use to pull that together uh so basically okay good good question right so maybe let me give some uh, background on how actually the data is brought in so there are so i report to the uh, director of data science who like reports to the vp so generally, the team is structured between two different groups. So I currently am, you can think of the principal data scientist in the team from the data science side. So there's also a platform team, which actually is mostly responsible for all the data being pulled in from okay. various resources into our big data cluster. So most of our, like almost all of our algorithms run on big data and Hadoop-based infrastructures. So uh, the data platform team uh, actually is responsible for a lot of scoop and other uh, other functionalities from a Hadoop standpoint to bring in the data, uh, clean the data, do the minimal pre-processing of the data, and then expose them as visualization tools in Tableau or uh, the dashboards and also in terms of Hive for our internal usages. So basically, we are completely a Hadoop shop. So uh, all these data sets are pre-processed, cleaned, aggregated in a form, which can later be consumed by the machine learning algorithm. So this is the part which... Uh, happens by the data platform team. So like for the weather data, there are some uh, amount of effort being spent uh, or had been spent by the platform team in order to uh, 
find the right resources, get the right information, get uh, get it validated with the data science team in order to make sure that that is the right and valid data which we want to use. Get the proper licensing in place. There are like uh, they are not free resource and free freely available data sets. And then basically have the whole pipeline built into it so that it can be brought in as a regular feed data. And then there are like post jobs in uh, Pig and other scoop jobs which actually goes and transforms and cleans the data set, loads it into proper formats for the downstream job to be using them. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That's helpful. And uh, so I know we don't we don't have a ton of time left, but uh, so I had a couple other questions. One was about uh, sure. Uh, you know, you uh, report uh, to senior level management, and and, and, right. and I'm and I'm curious. You know, how do you know? How do you do? They ask to see or ask you certain questions to report on, or do you say, "Hey, this is really interesting. You should know about this." Or how does that dynamic sure. work? Because I'm I'm, no I'm guessing you probably know. A lot more of the details than the senior level sure. management. Sure, that's, that's, that's a really a good question because I think I have been fortunate enough to actually present to the C level executives around a couple of times, like for the last four or five times. And I, I think really the senior management at calls is really very, very uh, like encouraging and helpful that they really uh, help us to uh, let go and actually identify what we can do for the business. And they have given us like full responsibility as well as full freedom in order to work towards the betterment of the company. So uh, so maybe let me go over some of the details around it. So the way we want to show the senior management is uh, not only the big picture of how the proposed solutions are going to uh, not only improve the experience of our customers, but also how we can use data to make uh, our more informed decisions in whatever we're currently doing across the various verticals. So let's, uh, let's take an example as like, one of the key areas, like the higher level goal, what we want to show the senior management of what the whole data science team is working towards is rather than being more reactive, we want to be more prescriptive. So let's say like uh, during our analysis, we found out that uh, upcoming few weeks, the sales might be down. So our job is not only to predict the same that the sales would be down, but also to get the whole dynamics around it to prevent even before it happens. So generally for the senior management one, we divide our uh, like uh, demos uh, so uh, into two different areas. So one of the areas actually comprise of what we have already been pushed to productions and how they're performing, the metrics around it, what was the uh, what what actually benefit does it give from the customer standpoint or from the store standpoint? How is it going to improve the whole experience of the customers' personalization efforts or the whole experience effort across the stores and the omnichannel uh, omnichannels? The other area is uh, to the products uh, the projects which we are currently doing, which may have somewhat of a long-term vision and also have some of the research components into it, so which we are like still experimenting with and some work we want to see what exactly uh, if we can use it to met, uh, materialize into something which we want to pursue further. So generally, we try to segregate our uh, like demos into two different areas, one which is already into production and like uh, is definitely needed for the business to make and improve the processes and how we are improving them, how it is, uh, being engaged with the customers, the stores, and how the revenue numbers are for those and those kind of things. And the other area is something like more on the like the deeper learning, uh, deep learning side, where we are actually showcasing, okay, this is a very nice concept you want to start implementing into our products and use cases. But again, it might take some time in order to realize the real value of it. So when I say like some time, it might be in a couple of months, but not immediately. So that's what how we try to like segregate our products that you want to show, show to the higher manager. Whereas the other key 
uh, area which we want to also showcase is basically uh, we apart from the software development part of it and the algorithm development part of it we also want to showcase that basically we also have a good research hub here where we are uh, taking ideas uh, from journals publications hmm. Uh, to exactly the products and how they are actually improving the product. So, no no research is complete unless they are actually in the hands of the customers to be used as terms of product. So that's a very uh, valuable and key lesson I think which we want to focus on. That anything that we do from a research standpoint actually needs to go in or should go in as a feature into a particular product which improves the overall goals for the company and the customers. Interesting. Okay. And uh, another question I wanted to ask was. Uh... What are some, I don't know, I was going to say major tech hurdles, but and maybe it's not technology, but is, is there any magic te- technology that you wish was available? Or is it more kind of working through the data and the processes and um, rolling out new algorithms? What's the sure. major hurdles you're facing? So I think I would I would say definitely, I think that, uh, so one of the things that I feel every company actually faces as they grow is the, uh, as the multiple teams are working on the different deliverables and various solutions, there are actually disparate places where the data resides. So uh, the various solutions the different teams build, they might be using different data sources, different data being uh, like placed into different parts of the organization. So I think there is a, and I think there is a very good direction by our CTO again uh, for the whole organization is uh, to have a single source of truth. So we are actually getting all the data uh, stores uh, when I say data sources and data marts, data architectures, data in, in the form of a data hub or data lake in our big data, so that that becomes our primary source of all the data being aggregated and stored in one single place. And then uh, the other part is basically all the solutions that we are building from a machine learning and data science standpoint, they should be readily available to all the teams to use. Mm. And they are like, so they should be not only in the form of dashboards or experiences reporting, but also in the form of API. So basically, the way this whole ecosystem should be built or what we're trying to build is basically have the core source of data uh, at the hub of it and then basically build solutions on top of it which can be directly accessible by partners, customers, across the organization, also external if needed. Uh, who can actually just by call of APIs use our machine learning trained models or train their own models or can actually fetch data as they need. Interesting, okay. Well, I think that's a that's a good pretty good place to end it. So I unfortunately are out of time, but Abhik, that was a I I learned a lot. So I appreciate your uh, telling us more about your experience and what you're doing at Kohl's. And it sounds like you guys are doing some really interesting things. I'm, I'm excited to see what the the Kohl's stores look like in the future. <laughs> sure, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. And uh, definitely, and thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Flyover Labs. As always, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you next time.